Hi, I'm Jay Frosting, and you're listening to Miss Gender. One of my closest friends is a woman named Ashley, but for the first nine years I knew her by another gender. I'm still adjusting to this updated reality, but it's nothing compared to what she's going through. Over the course of the show, Ashley and I discuss her perspectives on being trans and her ups and downs as she transitions. Fortunately for all of us, Ashley is a person who, when interested in any topic, researches it for a long time and becomes an expert. Of course, it takes a lifetime for any of us to learn how to be the person we want to be, and that doesn't get any easier when you're trying to reboot your life partway through. We welcome your questions and comments on each episode at misgender.com, on Twitter at misgender, or you can email misgenderpodcast at gmail.com. You're listening to the audio version of this episode, but we also have a video version that you can watch or subscribe to by visiting misgender.com and finding this episode, Thanksgiving, which was published January 16th, 2012. Good evening, dear. Hi, Jay. Hi, how are you? Uh, okay, I guess. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, all things considered. In real time, I guess, what has it been, two weeks since we talked? Probably. Certainly since we talked with a recording device. Right. Yeah, probably probably about that. Yeah. Because last Thursday was dun, 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 Thanksgiving. Yes, Thanksgiving. What did y'all do? I went to see my parents in uh, in North Carolina for Thanksgiving, and my brother was there, and my parents, of course, and I, I think I, I mentioned on maybe the, the second or third show about how my parents are like that the, the big Thanksgiving. Yes, they like to entertain. Yeah. So there was uh, the four of us and my immediate family, and then there was uh, my dad's sister Angie and their family sells another four mm. plus um, two more sort of auxiliary onto that due to marriage. Okay. And then uh, four of their neighbors that they had invited. Oh, all right. Cool. So a total of 14 people for Thanksgiving. Yeah. How many days were you there for? Wednesday, Thursday, four days. So the last time we talked about that trip, I think that you, mm, you may have still been waffling on the idea of bringing some male clothes with you to change into in case of an emergency. Right. What did you actually pack? So I packed all my usual clothes and then also one male dress shirt. Hmm. Pants-wise, though, any, anything below the belt that would uh No, I did also pack a, pa- pack a masculine set of pants. Yeah. Okay. Right. It must have been hard to come to that conclusion to, to bring that backup outfit. What was it that tipped you over the edge in making that decision? It was actually... I actually can't, I kind of came at it from the other angle. Hmm. Because originally I was going to back like before my parents visit even in september or whatever i wasn't sure if they're going to freak out on mm-hmm. my visit or or at least at that point i was thinking maybe i'd have to bring dual genders for each day oh yeah so i guess in my mind it's kind of a paring down okay that i got to uh so just the one all right yeah how much good could one outfit do if you're there for four days Oh, because I figured that my parents, if they were going to be embarrassed and make a fit, mm-hmm. that it would probably be on the day in which they're inviting everyone over. 
Okay. Right. And that was so the other the extended family members didn't spend more than the one day there. No. Oh, all right. Okay. Part of one of the hard parts, I actually, and this is kind of a good hard part, if that. And this is in the in the weeks leading up to Thanksgiving. That I was trying to figure out what I would wear on Thanksgiving Day. Because with my family, at least in recent years, they it's not a formal Thanksgiving, but it's not a casual Thanksgiving either. Hmm. Well, back when it was just the four of us in my immediate family, like in Pittsburgh where I grew up, it was It was more of a holiday and less of a party. Yeah, yeah, you could say that, okay. sure. For instance, some of my cousins, uh, when they came, uh, wore sort of like a, like a maybe casual dress shirt and a blazer kind of thing, but no tie. So that was sort of the level of formality overall. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to figure out like what would be the the women's mm. matchup for that. Right. Turns out I found sort of a a sweater, shirt sweater at Loft, which I which was in turquoise, and I paired that with some sort of light gray pants and black shoes. Okay. And that seemed to work out pretty well. Yeah. Although a lot of that was kind of trial and error. What were the errors? Well, I have a turtleneck, mm-hmm. a women's turtleneck. Okay. And one of one friend of mine told me that turtlenecks are like, can be cute and whatever. Another friend told me, oh, turtlenecks are like so two years ago or something. And I don't know which one's true. Mm-hmm. I guess part of what swayed me from the turtleneck, because what I was doing was in, in the, maybe a week prior to Thanksgiving, it was just like one of those stupid 80s movies where you see someone going to the closet and then and sitting in front of the mirror and then they, you know, mm. cut all those together. But that was me because I have some fashion intuition, but it's not it's not a fashion sense as it were. Okay. Would you say it's similar to how you don't consider yourself a website visual designer, but if something looks terrible, you'll know. Yeah. Right, that's right sort of like that. Yeah, sure. Essentially, what I had to do was I was brute forcing fashion. Okay. I was just, I have this many tops and this many bottoms and whatever. And it wasn't literally, because I, there's certain combinations that you know are not going to look good. Mm-hmm. And so I could eliminate those, but there were a few that I just really didn't have a feel for. And so I ended up trying the turtleneck, for example, with different pants. And part of it was that my, my boobs were a little too booby in, in the turtleneck. Too what? Outlined? Prominent. Or too prominent? Yeah, sure. Okay. Which I wouldn't have normally minded, mm-hmm. but I'm trying to go easy on my parents. I, I'm mm-hmm. trying to not antagonize them, as yeah. it were. So, okay. But the sweater was lightly ribbed, the one I got from Loft. So that kind of... Horizontally or vertically? Uh, horizontally. Okay. And so that kind of de-emphasized some of the... Okay. Hmm. So that was sort of the packing part. What happened on your trip there? So maybe on a couple of shows ago, you and I had talked a little bit about sort of the TSA and mm-hmm. how to do that kind of thing. And as you mentioned, sort of what the government recommends is that you put the gender on your ticket that matches the gender on your on the plastic in your wallet. I believe so, yeah. Right. So that's what I did. And 
as I approached the TSA station or whatever, as I was going through the security thing, I wasn't really sure how that would go. I mean, I figured that I would make it through eventually, but I didn't know if they would want extra screening or... Oh, okay. Right. Did you leave extra time up front in case there was a serious delay? I left a bit of extra time. Okay. Yeah. But it's actually fine. I went right through and... Cool. Um, and none of the TSA people called me sir. And in fact, um, one of the TSA people called me miss. So that was quite nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that part was actually fine. Even though all of your official documentation would have said mail. Right. But that's sort of... Okay. A, I mean, this may be a flaw in the TSA screening process, but only the guy at the front of the line sees my ID. The rest of them, I'm just some cog in the wheel. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. And then uh, my dad was there at the airport to pick me up. Oh, how nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was at the airport and he was uh, uh, good to see you, birth name, whatever. His usual friendliness other than screwing up my name. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we went back to the car and we're putting things into the trunk and I had my backpack and uh, a roller travel whatever in my yeah. purse the ubiquitous black bag on wheels yeah pretty much yes so the reason i'm, I'm telling this part is just that um so we put those two items in the trunk and then my dad says uh oh your pouch did you want to put that in the trunk or take that with you to the pouch <laughs> and i was like oh my purse no i'll just take that in between the seat wow pouch <laughs> I've never heard that. That's wow. Did you actually manage to stop from laughing or I did manage to stop from laughing okay. on the outside, but right. Yeah. Ouch. And and what I'm still not entirely certain of is whether he was consciously trying to outmaneuver me or mm-hmm. if his cognitive dissonance was so fierce that he didn't realize it was my birth. <sighs> Is pouch a phrase that he would use in place of bag? Or... Well, it was... Because nobody says that unless they're talking about a kangaroo. The size of it was... I mean, it was over my shoulder, as Mm -hmm. purses are. Mm -hmm. And it was smaller than a regular bag. And it was smaller than a messenger bag. And so... It's plausible that if he was not able to use the word purse, that maybe he would have used the word pouch, but I'm just okay. not sure if it was conscious <laughs> on his part or not. Right. All right. I was just thinking like how in Texas, uh, store clerks will use the word sack instead of bag. So you like, they say, would you like a paper sack or plastic? Yeah. Usually when it comes up, it comes up like this as two syllables. They'll say, one sack. And I'll say, what? One sack. What? And then they'll have to show it to me. I'm like, oh, a bag? No, thank you. <laughs> Wait, what's a wall sack? Do you want a sack is what they think that they're saying. Oh, I want a sack. So then that uh, the Wednesday evening, that I got in on the Wednesday, and my brother was only getting in the Thursday morning on the okay. red eye or whatever. So that evening was just going to be dinner with my parents. And then they just kind of launched into the Spanish Inquisition because I certainly did not expect it. Uh, oh, I should I should preface some of this section that um, a few days prior, my brother Adrian sends me an email saying, "You know, mom and dad are probably still trying to get used to things, and 
maybe not have you bring up the trans thing with them, you know, don't like aggravate things. Um, just to kind of just let it set in, sink in on its own and so on. Okay. So and this was an unsolicited email from your brother. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I, I kind of took that to heart and that was kind of how I was leaning anyway. So we're talking about work and oh, how's work? And I, I could have said something like, oh, everyone's been really supportive at work and my transition is going great. And, you know, just to kind of lean into that. Mm. But I kind of talked about, oh, some of the projects we've been working on and how those are going. And my dad starts off with, I think you're really uh, inconveniencing your, your, your workplace and your coworkers. Back on that again. Okay. Yeah. And I said, oh, well, actually, everyone's been really supportive and and open-minded and except for the one woman who ratted you out yeah but that was i wasn't gonna bring that up because that would only sure. make things worse yeah right so yeah i said it people been very supportive and open-minded and uh welcoming and my dad goes on to say oh no you're um you're being awfully in your face about this and you're you're, you're putting them out and so you're talking about your appearance or the official transition, do you think? So I, I asked him that. I said, because I sort of, the, the phrase playing dumb is probably not exactly what I'm looking for, but I just sort of played along asking mm -hmm. questions as far as to try to honestly learn what they were, their point of view. So I said, um, well, as far as, do you mean as far as my transition that I'm, being in your face and uh do you think i went too quickly about it is there another way that i could have approached them about my transition that wouldn't have been in your face about it just as a quick aside do your parents know about as many details of your work transition as say viewers of this show would or do they know just the over the higher overall um it's probably somewhat in between that i mean i would talk to them on the phone about some of the transition bits and mm, okay. um I mean, certainly in the weeks prior, I sort of told them about some of the meetings I had with my boss and okay. some of that. And I also gave them a copy of the HRC documents. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. So they were, I don't want to say well-informed, but it was more than nothing. Yeah. So I asked my dad if I was, if there was another way I could have gone through my transition at work, if I could have approached him differently. Mm -hmm. And he says to me, Oh, I just see this as a private matter. Right. Right. You've heard that from him before, indirectly? Right. Yeah. Uh, and, he, and he also went on to say that, uh, you know, even if they're supportive to your face, I could, they're just making them uncomfortable. And as it doesn't take a psychology major to realize that... He's projecting? Yeah. That workplace yeah. is acting as a proxy for their feelings. Right. Yeah. So I kind of didn't know where to go with some of that. Well, and, and when you asked him, is there something I could have done differently? I mean, it's a moot point anyway, because it's already done. Yeah, but I, w I wanted to press him on the being in your face about this. Yeah. I wanted him to try to tell me what, what I was being in your face about. Yeah. Um, so my dad says this is a private matter, and he goes on to say that... Oh, you know, if if your work ever comes across tough times and if they need to lay people off, don't be surprised if you're on the top of the list. 
because I'm okay, such a master. Wow, that's kind of harsh. Yeah, yeah, that was. Um, and and he also went on to say, "Oh, and um, and I'm not even sure how you'll get your next job." As if my mere presentation would result in my interviews being nullified or right, whatever. So that was that was kind of rough. Uh, that part, uh, and honestly, there was no way for me to really, or not that I was aware of, to refute that or whatever, because it's all hypothetical. Well, that. And even just as far as my current workplace thing, as far as him saying, oh, they're being nice to your face, but but in on their own, they're uncomfortable. Yeah. And of course, I can't disprove that. Uh, so you you, were, you remember uh, Felicia, my uh, gender therapist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so um, I've been seeing her for group sessions every two weeks. And so when I talk to my parents on the phone, I say, oh, I saw Felicia this weekend and so on. So they've been aware that I've been seeing her for some time now. So, um, so what my dad asks me then is, um, and and was it Felicia's idea that you set aside your family name? <laughs> yeah. Where do I start with that? I know. Family name is a surname, and you're not setting that aside. No. But I assume he meant your my birth name, first name. Yeah, that he gave, which is that they gave you, which is from. My first name, my first birth name being named after my mom's dad, and my first middle name yeah. being named after okay. my dad's dad. And I said, no, it was not, it was not Felicia's idea. Uh, because I, I think part of this is that they seem to think, not, not in so many words, but that like I'm some kind of Manchurian candidate or something with my gender therapist, like that she's putting ideas in my head or. Okay. Which is kind of insulting to me, just in the sense of like they don't trust my autonomy or, or, or decision making, whatever. Right. So my dad asked me, and so was it Felicia's idea that you set aside your family name? Uh, after all, birth name is still a name that applies to both men and women, which I found kind of interesting. In the sense that, on the one hand, if my dad meant well by that which he probably didn't but if he did it could be a sign that he was starting to accept that i wasn't going to be back yeah to be the way i was on the other hand i'm guessing it may have been more so along the lines of him just kind of giving up and sort of saying well if you're gonna do this then at least you could keep your whatever mm. and so he says that and i said well uh Actually, the the name Ashley. One thing, one of the things I like about it is that it can apply to both men and women. I said that to my dad, and so my dad says, "I've never heard the name Ashley being used for a man." And you immediately sat him down and showed him the Evil Dead. No, no, no. damn. Uh, so then he sarcastically asks my mom, "Joan, have you ever heard the name Ashley used for a man?" And my mom says, "Well, yeah, occasionally, yeah." <laughs> And I could I could sense that things were still kind of tense, and so I I mentioned to them that I'm aware of the family traditions here, and I want to respect those, and I I would like to continue, I would like to continue some of that legacy and tradition and so on, and so I, I mentioned to them about uh, I think I may mention this to you that I've been thinking about taking uh, 
one of my grandmother's names as my middle name. And my mom's mom, her name is uh, Kate or Catherine. And so I was mentioning that maybe I would take uh, Kate or Catherine as my middle name, just to kind of uh, continue some of that tradition and, and, and so on. And my parents just kind of looked at me like, like they couldn't quite compute it. It, it was it was almost as if there was on one side the frustration or whatever that they felt, and on the other side this gesture that they received from me, and they just kind of cancel each other out or something because they're just like, ah, uh, and I and I think as well that. I don't know, maybe if my parents really didn't like this idea, which, I mean, they, they don't, but maybe if they thought that would be disrespectful to my grandmother, I'm just kind of guessing here, but, I mean, my mom had, it may have even said something like, oh, I don't, I don't know. Did, so anyway, but at least that idea, I planted that seed now, and they're, they can think about that. So long. Yeah. And my mom says... I, I see you as a guy, and I, I don't see why you can't just stick it out. As if this is a whim, or... Does she know that she... I'm sure I've asked this before. That she knows this is something that's been going on in your head for 17 or 18 years, right? I tried to convey that to her. Okay. Yeah. Stick it out. Right. And so, one of my cousins is gay, and his name is, okay. is Guy. He's out, and... He's fine. And so, so I said to my mom, uh, well, it would be a bit like if Guy were to date women instead of men. Uh, mm -hmm. If he were to do that, he just wouldn't be happy. And then my, my dad jumps in to say, but even then, Guy isn't announcing at a job interview, hey, I'm gay. Which is kind of problematic in two senses. Because first of all, it implies that someone wouldn't be hired because they're gay. Mm-hmm. And the second one, of course, is that, uh, and this is what I mentioned to my dad, that um, in, in some sense, Guy has a, quote, luxury of being gay, which is air quotes I'm for the people in the audio version, um, in that he can say true to himself while um, keeping his relationships to himself, if he so chooses. But in my case, as part of uh, gender identity, I, it doesn't quite work like that. Then what happened? Right, right. Yeah, and then so my mom uh, kind of jumps in and says, and and you know what birth name? I remember you mentioning on a phone call a month or two back that you weren't cross-dressing, but you are. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Not that I expect you to be keeping count, but how many times have you explained the, the differences? I feel like at least three or four good times, like thoroughly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I, I went on to say, uh, to talk with mom about how with, with cross-dressing, that typically means that uh, a person identifies as the gender they're born with, but choose to wear clothing and attire of another gender. But in my case, uh, as part of gender identity, I, it doesn't work that way that I might, my gender identity is, is female. And she knows about the hormones, right? Oh, yeah. She knows about the subcutaneous fat right. and everything else that's even more obvious. You're like, here, touch my forehead. See how soft my forehead is? Don't you love this forehead? I hate my forehead. Oh, that no, part. 
Yeah, yeah, the, the skin on my forehead. I do love that. My brow bone, I'm annoyed by. Mm -hmm. But that's sort of like the sack thing, which only, yeah. Anyway, so I I explain those uh, differences to my mom, and I I tried to convey to her that as this is part of my gender identity. This is who I am. Is I was in all likelihood born this way. Yeah. And then kind of as a way to try to reassure them about some of this, I said, um, but at the same time, I'm still attracted to women, and so I'm not attracted to men. Mm -hmm. And so uh, in that respect, uh, gender identity is separate from sexual orientation. And I think my mom said, yeah, same difference. That w that part was kind of uh, trying. And so I went on to mention to my dad, uh, just to try to reinforce this idea of it being biological and born with it and so on, about uh, some of the MRI research that's been done. I mean, did I, did I talk about this on the show? We talked about the hormone wash. Right, right. Yeah. Um, I don't think you mentioned MRI specifically. Right. So this one is, I guess, so the hormone watch is some of the theory around some of it. And um, as far as the MRIs, I believe it was University of Madrid in Spain, where essentially what they did was they put people into MRI machines and then scanned uh, transgender people and cisgender people. And they found that, um, for instance, uh, trans men, their brain scans matched up with... Uh, cisgender men. Okay, this does sound familiar. You right. mentioned it. Yeah. So I mentioned that to my dad um, just to try to convey that this is how I was born and it wasn't, I'm not somehow choosing this way. Mm -hmm. So I told him about the study and he says, um, and, and what about the contradicting studies? Uh, mm -hmm. Have you, what have you seen of those? And I said, um, I, I wasn't aware of any studies that contradicted that uh but are there some studies you've come across relating to mri research yeah. that have contradicted that i says and my dad says oh i don't keep up on mri research as if i had been quizzing him or something when in reality yeah. i was just trying to figure out if he had seen anything or, right. or whatever yeah absolutely yeah well at the very least it certainly seems like they take the things that you say and don't ignore them until the next time you guys talk they, they seem to be talking with each other quite a bit yeah at the same time the part that's frustrating to me is that it's like i'm talking into a sieve or something because for instance like the cross-dressing thing i mean i've, I've kind of talked them through that and so on have you tried making a diagram like see how these circles don't overlap but these circles overlap Right. And if I, if I was trying to explain like how to do an oil change or something, mm -hmm. I'm sure my dad would be really appreciative because he, he likes to learn about things and he likes yeah. science and knowledge and all that. But I don't want to come off as condescending or whatever, but so, yeah. It just so seems to me like they've been expecting for nigh on 30 years that someday you'd be a husband and a father and that's not going to happen. Right. And they, they still want it to happen. And that was all the day before. Right. Thanksgiving. Right, right. How did actual Thanksgiving go? So I mentioned there are 14 people as far as my immediate family, uh, aunts, cousin, 
cousins, whatever, and then the neighbors. And so I'd come out to all of my relatives, cousins, and they were all very supportive. And then when, when they showed up at the front door, they all said, uh, hi, Ashley. And they were, they were, they were really great. Yeah. So, okay. They'd been prepared then. Yeah. Yeah. And so the neighbors, uh, this family, they, the neighbors, this family, they're, they're fairly conservative like my parents, but mm. I wasn't sure if it was in the same way like my parents in in that I wasn't sure how they would take things and so on. Mm. And for a time, I didn't actually know if I would have to just kind of pull them aside on Thanksgiving Day or whatever. Mm. But um, I sort of learned through the family grapevine that my mom had it's either a couple weeks prior or so went over to go talk to them about things. Uh, or as I understand, this was some point after they, my parents came to visit me here in Dallas when uh, my mom went to talk to them, probably realizing that, oh, Ashley's not going to be changing. And normally I have no qualms with people conveying that I'm transgender, especially in the sense of people that I would have to come out to anyway. Right. But in this case, given the perceptions that my mom had evidently had, I really have no idea what she told them. I can imagine it sounded very confused. Well, and it could be like, like oh. We've got some family coming for Thanksgiving and you're certainly invited. I wanted to let you know that uh, one of them thinks that he's a girl and he'll have boobs, but we're hoping that he's going to stick through it and not go through this and where he wants to change her name and blah, 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 blah. And has been stricken with a bout of cross-dressing, but we're doing right. it again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And in fact, I, I wouldn't even be surprised if my mom didn't even bring up the name thing with them, mm -hmm. just since they seem to be hoping that maybe I will get past that idea myself or whatever. And that's, that's... You have to know who you're asking to pass the salt, though. Right. So so then at at, at the Thanksgiving or whatever, um, when these neighbors come over, they say, oh, uh, happy Thanksgiving birth name or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I didn't correct them at the time just since I wasn't sure what they had been told. Because I didn't oh. feel as fair that if they weren't told that I want to be called Ashley for me to be correcting them, I guess, right away. Yeah, maybe not correcting, but it might have been okay if you said, oh, I'm going by Ashley these days. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Although it was, there was a lot of, as you can imagine, with 14 people, when mm -hmm. someone comes at the door, there's a lot of hellos and how are yous and... Right. Yeah. Where do I put this wine? Yeah, yeah. exactly. All that kind of stuff. So I didn't correct them right away. I was thinking maybe if I have a chance to talk with them at some point. And so the other sort of nuance to this is that, um, so we had the two tables and what my dad did was he made up little name cards of who to sit at each spot because my dad is particular like that. And you may see some of myself in him, but he wanted to ensure that the people who, for example, were uh, very chatty weren't all on the same table and people who had different political persuasions were at different tables and okay. things like that and kind of alternating people and whatever so he thinks a lot of that through wow i know wow yeah naturally my dad made a name card for me like he did for everyone else and he put the wrong name on it mm -hmm. and so i'm 
once as soon after I saw that, I flipped the name card over so that it was at least blank. Okay. But I knew where I was going to be sitting. Hmm. But um, one thing that I thought was quite nice is that one of my cousins later came up to me and said, you know what, I almost just changed your name card myself since it was wrong. I was like, oh, thank you so much, because that was uh, so nice of her. Yeah. So at any rate, um, the, the family of the, the neighbor people, they never did quite get my name right, but I wouldn't be mm. surprised if maybe they would have started to infer some things, just since certainly I think my brother and all of my cousins and aunts, uncles kind of thing, they would be calling me Ashley. Okay. Do you think that it was less important for you at the time because you felt, well, maybe I'll never see these people again? Uh, well, only in that there's somehow this tradition that my family always invites this other neighbor. People oh, you've met them before? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. Right. right. Yeah. I remember you were tweeting on that day that you were tempted to start calling your parents by the wrong pronouns. Yes. Just to try to brute force that. Yeah, that probably would have been unproductive. Yeah. I don't think it would have sent the right message exactly. So I'm glad you decided not to. It was one of those things that was tempting, like maybe you want yeah. to punch your boss or something, but you never actually do that. So did you have to end up breaking out the masculine outfit? Nope. Okay. And the approach I took was that it's easier to ask forgiveness than it is to ask permission. Mm-hmm. So... Given that the Thanksgiving meal at our place was slightly dressy uppery than just t-shirts and whatever else, mm -hmm. uh, for much of the day, I was just in casual clothes when, for instance, helping to cook some of the meal and so, so oh, on. Sure. And then closer to the time, I went to change. And so I didn't ask them about, oh, hey, can I wear blah, blah, blah. I was like, no, mm -hmm. I'm just going to wear this. And um, my guess was that they would have too much pride to ask me to, to change or whatever. So, yeah. You didn't see any dirty looks then? No. No. In okay. fact, uh, one of my cousins, uh, I, she was sitting across from me at the table and she asked, did you get your sweater at Loft? I said, yes, I did. She said, oh, I almost bought that one. <laughs> so That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And your cousins know about the show? Yes, because I've I've emailed them about Hi, it. Hi, Ashley's cousins. Yeah. So, hi, Brianna. Hi, Guy. Hi, Ian. Hello. And Caroline. Hi, Kaz. Do you have a quick minute to teach you something ladylike? I sure do. Okay. Okay, so I got two choppies. Is this part 14 in our nail series? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what you got? Yeah, so one of these choppies is actually a uh, is actually a follow up. Mm. Yeah, so you remember? Uh, well, you might. Seshavit, uh, the top coat. Oh yeah. Right. So I was actually reading over one of the uh, nail polish blogs I like to read, uh, Scrangy, which is mm. S C R A N G I E dot com. And on one of her posts from many years ago, she talks about sort of her nail painting routine. Uh, she talks about how she likes to do such feet and so on. But the one part that I had kind of glossed over and now realize I had been doing incorrectly for a time was that 
So you apply the base coat and then the first coat and then the second coat. And of course, waiting the say 15 minutes between each of those. Mm-hmm. And then actually, what works best is to apply the top coat, the Sechevite, straight onto the second coat without waiting for the second coat to dry. Golly. I know. What's the theory behind that? The theory being is that it turns out Sechevite is very nice for making things shiny, but also it helps to uh, help your polish dry more quickly. Nice. Right. I'm all in favor of that. Yeah, totally. So if you apply on top of your second coat, then I guess sort of they say that it's dry to the touch in 30 minutes and dent proof in 40 minutes or something like that. Mm. Since having re- rereading that part, I still tend to apply my coats in the top coat and then wait a bit before going to bed. Because, of course, if you go to bed too soon, then you can get sheet prints on your Yes. Yeah. Not um, bad dreams. Yeah, sure. Uh, and so, but of course, th- this way, I may tend to wait still afterward, but it greatly reduces the chances of getting sheet prints on my nails. That's great. Yeah. And then, uh, second nail jobby is actually a Ziploc bag. What? I know. So, as you may notice, my, my left hand is less chipped than my right hand. My right hand is, is mostly just a little bit on, on these little fingers. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. So, uh, supposing I was going to repaint a few of these fingers. I mean, say I had some after work happy hour or something where I wanted these nails to look especially nice for. Okay. Because usually if it's like, uh, toward the end of the week and it's a little bit chipped, well, sometimes it's just the cost of doing business as it were. That sometimes just happens. But supposing I want to just make sure that these are actually nice. And so one thing, of course, is that you don't want to just touch these up because then you'll get sort of a a ridge on where the crack. They're different. They would be different depths. Yeah. Yeah. And they wouldn't line up perfectly. So you would typically want to remove the polish on the nails that are chipped and leave those intact. So for removing polish, I typically have, you know, nail polish remover and cotton balls. Yay, cotton balls. So uh, supposing I take the lid off and then I, you know, and then or, you know, whichever nail it was. Mm. Right. So the tough part, though, is that you may think that your nail polish remover is only on the on the one side of the cotton ball, but there's never a way to be 100% sure if there might be small okay. amounts. And so if you just do this, then in, oh, I see. Then invariably, you're going to get a little bit of nail polish remover on these nails, mm-hmm. which won't be enough to remove it, but it'll be enough that it will make it soft and then ensnarl strands of your cotton ball and make it very okay. awful and yucky. Yeah, that's pretty messy. Yeah. Right. But I figured out that you can create a nail polish condom with your plastic bag. So what you can do is, instead of just you can go like one of these and go, yoop, yoop, and then just okay. like, and do you have to sing that song? No, but it helps. Okay, good. Yeah, I know. 
And so that way, what you can do is you can prevent your nail polish remover from getting onto the nails that are the good ones. Nice. Brilliant. Yeah. So, I mean, of course, most of the but time... But you have to throw the bag away once you're done with it the first time, right? No, the bag... I'm just messing with you. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I see, I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah. So, naturally, when you're changing out your nail polish, say, from one color to the other or whatever, you don't have to take that route because you're just going to take it off all 10 fingers okay. and thumbs. But on those times where you just want to do the little touch-up or whatever, and you, and you just want to take it off to, say, two fingers or whatever, then, yeah, that technique could be quite handy. Awesome. Yeah. Well done. And actually... That's an original tip from Miss Gender. Yeah. And you just... But you can actually reuse this bag. Okay. <laughs> because the acetone will not dissolve the plastic in the mm. bag. At least not right. appreciably that I've been able to notice. And so what's what's also nice is because the bag is so thin and flat, you can just um, tuck it in with your polishes or whatever. So it's it's something that you can just have there yeah. and then reuse instead of having to waste a new bag every time. Not like it's a big expense, I know. Well, thank you very much again. Oh, it's my pleasure, and Jay. And I hope you have a good night. Yeah, you too. Dream sweetly. Bye. Bye.